Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... I'm not being treated to the visuals, which I feel really cheated by because looking at your Instagram alone, Claire, like it's just a spectacle of colour and beautiful illustrations and and you, like you are beautiful and like so colourful and I just love your style. Like, Well, thank you. So I'm gutted that I'm not actually seeing you. And hopefully we will see each other in real life one day. Well, I hope so. I know when you messaged me before, like, oh, I won't actually see you. I was like doing my makeup at the time, like, oh well, I'll just ca- I'll just calm down. <laughs> I got out my PJs for this. It's the new home working uniform. So I appreciate yeah. that massively. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Clay, I feel like I followed you for a long time and I've got so many questions, but I mean, first and foremost, like I totally love your work. I think it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I wonder, like, what is your earliest memory of being interested in art, picking up, you know, a pencil, crayon, whatever it was for you? What is your kind of earliest memory of loving art? I mean, literally from being a kid, I know that's so cliche, but like, uh, I mean, when I was wee, I just, that's what I did for like playing. I was just drawing all the time. You know, every birthday or Christmas, I wanted, you know, drawn stuff or art stuff. So I'd say it's always been in my blood. And was there anyone at home who was interested in art or doing anything, like, even creative? I mean, weirdly, no. Like, my parents are not creative at all. <laughs> um, but all of my sisters were, are all now, I've been to art school or done an arty-farty thing. So it must run in the family. So my grandpa's a writer. So I think maybe we've got his creative genes or something. Wow, that's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. So when you were at school, you know, and everyone's asking you that grateful question that I'm still asking myself, what do you want to be when you grow up? Was it always art? Was that what you were looking to, yeah, to be Yeah, but I'm sh- I wasn't really sure what within that, but I think I knew I'd always like to go to art school. I don't think I really thought about what job I'd have afterwards, but... Um, I definitely had my mindset and go to art school. And I, I get I always thought I'd go to Glasgow, um, which I didn't end up doing. I went to Edinburgh College of Art because I, in the end, wanted to study costume design. So I have a degree in performance costume. <laughs> no way! Oh, I love this. Yeah. I didn't know this. And, and then looking at your Instagram and I'm like, your own personal style is totally unique and beautiful. It kind of was that. I think I was really into fashion and I was really into illustration. Costume was just kind of the perfect perfect way to bring those together to make really bizarre clothes that you couldn't get anywhere else. And design characters and do connected illustration. And did you then after you need pursue that as a career or was it just like you gravitated towards the illustration? I mean, even doing the course, I kind of was like, I don't think I want to do this when I graduate. But I absolutely, I loved the course. I thought it was amazing. And all my friends who did it are doing amazing things in film and television. But um, I just preferred like the more creative side, like uh, actually drawing and stuff. So I kind of always knew I would pursue that. That's the thing, I guess. It's just like, you know, seeing it through, like even though you've not necessarily went on to use your degree in its 
entirety. Like I'm sure that time, you know, was really important for you, you know, as an artist to develop your skills. A hundred percent. Like I feel like I learned so many skills. Even just doing like well we did do like illustration courses, life drawing and we were still making. I suppose I still make products now. So I learned design processes and like where to take influence from and I still use all that stuff now. I just don't make costumes anymore. Your style has that always came through the way that you do draw? Yeah, I think we've always been very full of colour and full of pattern and print. I'd say kind of the last year of art school, I kind of found my, found my style and I've, I've rolled with it since then. Yeah. <laughs> so going solo, going freelance and doing your thing, um, was that a scary prospect or was that just you were just like well this is what I need to do because I now know that I want to pursue illustration well so when I graduated actually to be honest I was a bit I had that year of uh not really knowing where I was at so I was working like full-time in uh, a shoe shop I was pretty miserable after about six months of doing it I was applying for lots of arts jobs but I just didn't really feel qualified even though I have a degree in art and I just didn't really know how to get experience or whatever. So um, actually, I had like a pop-up exhibition in a bar <laughs> in Leafwalk. And that's kind of where the kind of first series of illustrations that I still sell today, you know, stem from. Was that the first time that you decided, like, I'm just going to make some things and put them out there and see what the reception Yeah, so basically, like, well, I was still working full-time in the shop and I was just feeling not creative and a bit of a rut didn't really know what I was up to so yeah a friend like got me some wall space in a pub to put up some paintings but I really went for it and I had like a three-week turnaround so that's when I made these new pieces of work which were all like boozy inspired or I did some that were Scottish phrases or whatever and that kind of was the birth of it all from there like it went down really well like I think the work was up for two months and I sold loads of prints and I sold stuff from the walls and so I got them on Etsy and was like, okay, I'm gonna. this is how I'm going to do it. Maybe I don't need to work for somebody else. Maybe I can just do it myself. Amazing. Amazing. It just took that one opportunity yeah. Yeah, and just put yourself totally out there and just like go for uh, it. And obviously, that was I was not doing this full time for like two and a half years. I was still working part time in a shop, but I went from going, you know, 35 hours a week in retail to eight hours a week just to make sure I could pay it in and then the rest was from making nice drawings so that was good love it but that that, you know there is an element of bravery in that but I guess you were just like well this is what I wanted to do this is why I did the degree um, and and saw it through to the end and it's like you know if you can be doing something that you love and I was you know followed all these indie brands on Instagram and everything I was like how can I work for them like oh I want to do something like that I want to design cards for someone like that and it's like I think like now you just got to do it for yourself really like because a lot of these indie brands as well it's like a person that I mean for me it's like there is no other stuff (laughs) yeah Yeah. you don't realize that when you're starting out but it's like that's just like one or two people killing themselves at work so yeah (laughs) and that's the thing people look at you and think you know like there's this big machine behind Claire Barclay draws and you're like no no it's me <laughs> yep <laughs> but totally totally nailing it so how long have you been like fully immersed in what you're doing like full time um four years this year and even when I was working in the shop like I didn't need to be there but I've just like I'm not from like no one else in my family is like an artist or like self-employed or anything so it's not that normal to 
I don't know. I It was quite new to be able to make a living like that. So it seems scary to not have any guaranteed income, which is still really mm-hmm. scary all the time. But it, it just works itself out. So that's good. So far, so good. And was, what was the reaction of like friends and family with when you said, right, you know, it really is now taking off and I really think that this can be a viable career option. I think for long before my friends especially were like, you have to quit your job because you don't do anything else except work. Working the day job then at night, catching up with stuff. So I say that like I have a work-life balance now, which I don't. But, you know, um, at least it's all for myself now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But yeah, I totally understand that, that safety net of working in the shoe shop, even when you probably didn't need to. But yeah, it's just that, you know, breaking free of that. I worked um, for a dance company mm-hmm. for six years, which was never supposed to be a thing for that long. And the only reason why I went full-time freelance was that I got made redundant okay. and they closed yeah. they, lost, they lost their funding so I totally you know understand that leap is it's massive scary, yeah. you must look back and go gosh that was like mental how I was just trying to do I it know. all I know and you're still, obviously still trying to do it yeah, all <laughs> but I know it never ending to-do lists I mean yeah that's just my day-to-day life <laughs> <laughs> so what is like a, a day in the life of Claire Barkley. Um, well, I do have a studio space. I'm just not going to it at the moment. No, I'm going back next week because I think it's it's Ooh. time. I'm paying rent, so I should use it. I don't know. It depends. Like, I've obviously got my online shop, uh, so I'll be, you know, designing products for that and, you know, packing the orders, doing all the admin, emails, admin, then wholesale orders for shops. So I've got stockists all over Scotland to sell my work. And then I do commission work as well. So I do spend quite a lot of time still like drawing, which is good. Um, have you seen like I do portraits and stuff, uh, wedding invites. Awesome. That so was never cool. really in the plan. And then when I started, all my friends and family were like being supportive, being like, can you draw my cat? Can you draw my granny? And I was like, OK. And then actually people really like them on Instagram. And that, ah. that is now like half my business. So I'm so glad they asked me to do that. Jeez, oh, just showed you like you like don't necessarily have to have all the business. No. Like, sometimes somebody will ask you for something yeah. and you're like, all right, is that yeah. a thing? Right, okay, it just cool. kind of organically happens. And it's such a nice. Well, it's good because it means like I do draw every week. So I feel like even from the drawings I did back in 2014, routine like my style's got so much well I like it more let's say uh, over the like because mm. I'm still practicing if I mean even if it isn't that stylized way I'm still you know getting to draw on the regular which is good uh-huh. yeah yeah because that's that challenge like to obviously nail it for every individual yeah. client that you're working yeah. with then. and it's really nice to like create things that are so personal to people and it's such a nice like when you get emails after like they loved it or they would never expect that for the gift so totally absolutely love that that's right like there's then so many strands to what you're doing because like you say you have stockists that you know that are coming to you time and time again because there's obviously popular things that you're creating that are just yeah. selling but then you're still getting that creativity you don't just become like somebody who sells exactly yeah the same thing time and time again you're still being that creative yeah. so it's like the perfect balance not just packing products because that that is a part of it as well <laughs> and like the the whole um scottish patter thing so obviously that you know drew me in instantly you know my yes. podcast is called the brawn the brawn the brave i was just like looking at your instagram this morning i'm like yep taps yeah. up dancer yeah. go on yourself belter what was the thinking behind well that? so i went to edinburgh college of art and i was in my class i think there was like three scottish people 
Um, so they would always be like, what do you mean? Like, what, what, what are you talking about when I'd say these phrases or whatever? Um, and then I also had, like, from my job there, everyone being like, you know, Ichi, what, what, what? Like, Glasgow and Edinburgh have different, like, lingo. Like, so it was quite funny, you know, the, the difference in dialect there. And also, just from walking the streets of Edinburgh when I lived there, I'd always walk past those terrible, like, Oh, well, I feel bad to say that, but you know, the like I Heart Scotland shops that blast out like that wild kilty music. And I was like, I want to make Scottish products that are like for Scottish people to enjoy and not just like tourist hat. So that yes. that was kind of my uh, thinking behind that. And that's what got me into that. So clever. That is brilliant. So it just marries, obviously, it's still very much you. Like when you look at your work, it's like instantly that's that's clear back. Right? Yeah. But then you've just got that joy of like some of these crazy mental phrases because, um, well, you'll discover later on this has became a bit of a theme on the podcast um, that I ask everybody what their favourite Scottish uh-huh. word phrase is. So we will, get, we will get there. I've given you a wee heads up so you know you can think about that one. But yeah, so it, it's lovely that you've been able to, again, marry those two worlds, but still stay true to your style. Yes, exactly. And I think at the time, I mean, Love this it. was like, I mean, it's not that long ago, but it was six years ago. And I don't think like there was maybe as many examples of people doing that then. So it was... Um, it was quite original, like, to have that kind of quirky, colourful illustration side, but with, like, our actual dialect on, which was important to me. It. So is it mostly cards and stationery that you produce? I know you've you've done, like, tote bags. Yeah. Well. So cards are, like, my probably my best seller. Yeah, I do totes and mugs and coasters. And jewellery as well. Um, some jewelry bits in prints as well but yeah it's mainly cards it's cards and gift products I'd say like as I don't do anything that's like heftily expensive I'd say my price bracket is like from £2.50 to £20 that's it really so it's all wee things that you can give you know as a nice wee gift to somebody I'm someone who keeps cards yeah you know somebody sends me a card like I keep it I agonize over picking like a birthday too. card or yeah. whatever. first of all it's like you know you're buying a card because it, you like it you exactly. like what's on the front yeah. of it or whatever. you like the design so it's like a piece of you then but then you're also you have the person that you're sending to in mind as well well they like this and then it's like the sentiment behind it and whether you're going to write a big long message inside or whether you're just going to be like love, love from I think it's really important, it important. yeah and I, it's so nice because I get so tagged on like loads of stuff on Instagram and you can, people have put them in a wee frame or whatever and kept it and that's so that's so good down the line if they ever take that out they can read that wee message and later get I don't know it's nice but it's not just a throwaway product you know yeah and that's the thing like we're in a digital age obviously you and I are conversing over the internet right now it's not a dying art, but I guess like sending letters probably is, yeah, you know, yeah. handwritten letters. But like, people had like pen pals when I was Oh my school. god, I know. And that's actually been one thing that's been really interesting over the lockdown and it's kept me so busy is cards. Like um when this all started kicking off, I think it was before just before Mother's Day. So I was like, I can write your card for you and send it direct to your mum so that you don't have to go out or you know, because lockdown was happening. And then from that I made all these lockdown cards taking the mix so there was like a pasta card and toilet roll card and stuff like that and um but it was so nice I was like I'll write your messages in for you and just pop them there's a post box outside my flat so I can just stick stamps on them and send them for people and everyone was sending each other like really sweet messages like you know really miss you don't know when I'll see you well and it it was nice that people reverted back to feeling they had to Mm -hmm. send this physical thing because like 
they didn't know really when they might see them again or whatever. Ah. Yeah. And it was also like my therapy. Like it got me through the start of lockdown. So I was just writing lots of lovely messages. People are cute. You had all the positivity. I it love was that. Really nice. yeah. yeah, but like, you know, working with young people and, and you know, the joy of working on productions and stuff, like I do I have received a lot of cards yeah. over the years and I keep them all. I do that too. I mean, it's even a problem at birthday. Even if it's just like from Gran, I'm like, oh, but my dad gave me it. I can't put it in the bin. So I've just got like a drawer full of cards that I'll never read again. I used to play it. Um, I used to play at card shops when I was because oh. we did have all our cards like from when we were kids uh-huh. in a big like, plastic bag or uh-huh. whatever. So sometimes I'd get them out and like, lay them out all the birthday ones anniversary ones christmas ones and i play it like card shop amazing wow i did not do that but that could have been really good practice <laughs> <laughs> so i guess there's like you were saying you know one thing leads into another and some things have just happened organically as well as you'll have your finger in the pulse and you'll just be thinking up and dreaming up ideas all the time like pasta and toilet roll exactly. cards because that was very apt um, for covid yeah. times but illustrating a book oh yeah i did that too <laughs> did you forget about that <laughs> you're like oh i've done that oh, yeah. so elfin grove and the elfin ops written by cat yeah my lovely pal cat cat got in touch like it must have been october it was like quite close to the bone she was like oh we want to do a christmas book but we kind of want to bring it out this year so that was not stressful. Uh, but <laughs> it was also so fun, though. And uh, actually, when I was at uni, that's another thing. They'd all think it's like, what, what's one thing you'd, you'd really like to do like once you graduate? And obviously, everyone's like, oh, I want to work for this director. Or I want to do that because it's cost you. And I'm like, I want to illustrate a kid's book. So it was really nice to actually do that. We were on a Women in Business page on Facebook and... She just found me on there and got in touch. And, you know, that was it. That was another joy of the internet. See, this is the thing. I mean, we always get into trouble for being on the internet too much. and But then this is where you find interesting well, exactly. people like yourself. Exactly. I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the internet. So I'm guessing the story was already written and it was your job to then bring these characters yes. to life. In so she'd already written the story and I loved it because it was obviously Christmas themed and super cute. And it was about... Uh, getting Santa up to the up to the North Pole but they needed laughter from the children of Glasgow and it, it was just it was lovely and I like that it, there was like so obviously Elfin Grove is Kelvin Grove so you know I get, got to draw, draw these cityscapes that were you know all Glasgow and then the rocket that was going up to space that was taken off from Glencoe so it was so nice to like work on something like that but it also be quite like close to the work that I make because it was still totally scottish and it was it was cool and uh, how was it received yeah it was wild getting tagged and it was like world book day earlier this year and there was kids dressed up as like elephants and stuff going to school you've made it that's amazing that was so cool but yeah it just like i guess it's lovely for you x many years into your career that you're still getting new opportunities exactly i mean i'd never done that before neither did cat like she's that was her first children's book that she wrote and got published so we just kind of went for it. it was it was good we like learned on the job together and we just totally threw ourselves into it and it was so worth it and for you as well like collaborating because I guess your job is very solitary most of well, the time yeah and like obviously I did all the illustrations but she was quite clear about like layout or like ideas that she had for each page so that was really helpful you know to have someone else's input for that and even like 
you know, we would do edits and it would be interesting when she'd say, I really think you need to, you know, change this or tweak these about. And at the time you're going, oh, really? Oh, no. And then actually when you do it, you're like, oh, my God, it looks so much better. So it's good to have like another pair of eyes on a project. It really did make it what it ended up being. And then just another iconic thing, the Urwilly Big Bucket Yeah, last year was good. So how did that come about? Um, Well, they they had applications like early last year. So any artists could apply like all over Scotland. I'm sure they did. So it was for like children's charities. So there's the Glasgow Children's Hospital Charity, which like the Glasgow proceeds went to. There's Edinburgh, Sick Kids. And then there was Aberdeen and Dundee as well. So I'm sure there was like 50 artists from each city who did one. It was amazing. Um, It was a big view. You could just see loads of people on the internet like posting pictures that were actually doing the trail and like totally loving it. It was so cool. Also, yeah, it got so many people like interested in like doing an art trail and like trying to like, you know, get a photo with them all and find them all over last summer. So, yeah. It did one um, to do with Clydesdale horses. Yeah, okay. And a number of years ago, and uh, some like, so it was miniature like the horses in some of the schools that I'd worked in, and then there was bigger uh-huh. ones. And I remember that just being like such a buzz. And I'm like, get young people, get older people, get everybody excited about art. They actually do. That's the thing. Like they get really obsessed with it. Right? They have to find all the really. But for you, like I think Urwillie's just like perfect. Oh my god! Because then I just tied in with that whole like Scottish <laughs> like. Then was called Urpatter. Uh, because it was obviously covered in her patter. And I guess that would have been hard for you as well to like pick because there's so many good I know, pieces of work. But in the end, we went for the most PC ones because it was for children. <laughs> <laughs> so that helped narrow it down. Amazing. I think it is really important to, like, the word art for some people has connotations of, like, you know, art galleries. And, oh, that's for the elite. Whereas, you know, something like the really Bucket Trail and you as an artist getting involved in that. It's actually accessible for yeah, people. exactly. And it was like artists from all walks of life. Like there was people who just make art in their spare room or their garden shed or whatever who applied and like did one or they had like other artists that I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I can't believe they're doing it really as well. But it was like mm. so many different strains of, and so many different designs. Like in some, there was like someone who welded one. It was like all welded. I'm sure that was in George Square. It was cool to see so many different kind of art firms coming together. And then yeah, getting like everyone excited about art. And that idea of like collaboration and connection, do you have that with other artists? Yeah, I mean, I've met, so also when I started doing this, like kind of to get my work and my name out there, I did a lot of markets to start off with. So, you know, I used to do them quite regularly, like maybe two a month when I was starting out. And it was so nice. It's like a whole bunch of people eh, that I met then who were also just starting out. And we've all kind of like remained friends through that and, you know, can ask them for like business or because they're all kind of small. I'd say they're all artists, but they also have like their own business. So they do screen printing or, you know, they make clothes or lampshades, stuff like that. So it's been really nice to have that because it does, it feels like another, like, you know, like you've got your uni friends, it's like a class or whatever. It feels like the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I've got these people that when I was starting out, eh, I've still kept in touch with and we still meet up. It's really helpful to have that especially when you're starting out it was like such a big help like there were everyone's so nice and like wants to help each other out and like point people in the right direction and we're all making such different stuff anyway so it's like why would you not just help each other out and so I would say that's kind of how I got to know people through doing this and then I suppose there are people you talk to online and stuff as well but I do work in my studio on my own so actually there's a few people in my studio building who I know from markets and that's 
why I have a studio there. So you're just constantly dreaming up new ways to get your work out there or are you do you have to like rein yourself in you're like you can't make it all just like stick with one product and see where it goes first yeah definitely I mean like when I was starting out I suppose there was a time well before I kind of launched I must have spent a couple of months just like designing so that I felt like I had enough to fill like an Etsy shop or whatever and it wasn't just like two or three things but now it's just kind of like when I've got time I'll add to it or like even every like when there's occasions like Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, stuff like that, I do make new cards for them, but I never make anything that's so just for that time. I mean, it'll be kind of like, they'll be like sending love cards or like cards for your mum, but it, it, they're all your rounders, if you know what I mean. So it kind of organically tops up. Yeah, there's so many. Th- I've got like a massive to do list everywhere of things I want to make. And I'm always a bit stressed about the fact that I haven't got it all done. But also, I'm in no rush. Like, I want this to be my job for the foreseeable. So it's like, there's no rush. This will all organically get done. Yeah. And it's just about following your gut, yeah, I guess, totally. at the time. Like, you know, when that opportunity came up to do the book, yeah. you were like, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I will, yeah. And you, you've kind of got to be, I mean, in the day to day, I suppose, like, actually, a lot of the time, I'm just like trying to get orders out or commissions out or whatever. So it's like, I don't have time every month to be, you know, working on new stuff. And again, it's like things like the Urwilly or, the book will come up and you just organize your time and be like, okay, well, actually, now I'm going to design a book this month. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to do that too. Well, it keeps it interesting. It does. anyway. Doesn't it, do you know what I mean? If you've just got those little things that you can kind of dip into when you do have a bit of downtime or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and to be honest, I kind of, I think I'd feel stressed if I didn't always feel a bit like, oh, I've got like quite a lot on my plate. I think that's how I feel good. The thought of not having much on my plate scares me. I think I'd rather be have a lot of things in the pipeline than know exactly where it was at. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it, like it, certainly in this time for me, you know, when you were saying, it, you know, I've been fine on lockdown that I'm generally work by myself and I've been busy. I'm delighted for you. That's great because all I've heard is people going, you know, I've got any work. I know, work. I know. So it's nice to see that, you know, someone's been able to thrive during this because it is so hard working for yourself anybody never mind a blooming global pandemic 100% and when this was all kicking off it was a bit like oh my god like what's gonna happen like are you know are we even gonna be allowed to go out to like send orders is anyone gonna be interested is everyone gonna have you know no money to spend because everyone's at work like all these factors you don't know but you know it's kind of it's kind of worked itself out which I feel really lucky for because I know that's not the case for a lot of people well I guess lots of people just needed a bit of colour and a bit of patter in their lives and you are the person to come to Claire Barkley (laughs) so moving forward obviously you're saying you're hoping to get back into the studio do you have anything on your you know the top of the list that you're like I would like to achieve this actually just lots of this has made me realize the importance of cards and sending like nice mail to each other and how that I mean in a way it's a dying thing but I think this has kind of proved to me as well that there's still such a big market for that so it's really also I have a lot of like patter card obviously like they're not really for occasions it's more just like you know a nice drawing or you know a good phrase whatever but I think uh, the next thing I want to work on is actually just doing like some birthday cards and like anniversaries and stuff like that. So that's next to my to do list. I've got like all the occasions listed and then I just need to get on with it. I'm excited to see what you come up with. Like you say, it's just nice to, to be able to get back to some sort of normality. But you're right, like people 
I think, have had that time, whether they've been rushed off their feet with work, because obviously we've had the, all these amazing key workers doing their jobs, um, or whether like somebody like me who's been in the house kind of like going, right, what am I doing for the next three months? We've all had time to think about what's important. Yes. And what is important is telling people that you're thinking of them. Absolutely, yeah. Spreading the love. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Claire, I'm going to take you on to what's called the thingamabobs. Um, Favourite childhood meal? Oh, spaghetti hoops on toast. <laughs> yes! I've had that for so years. Good. The adult upgrade is yeah. from the Venus, right? It is. No, I want yeah. that. Okay, well done. No pause. No, I think you I were knew. right in there. You were all over that. Okay, now this is really funny because I didn't know what you had studied. Oh, okay. But I picked out for you if you could read the costume department of any film slash or any like musical artist who would it be or which film would it be oh my gosh and now i'm gonna show myself up because i'm like i don't know well this is the joy of the thing about she'll come off this and go oh i should have said that no one person i'll say i love prince and i am obsessed with all of prince's outfits and that cloud suit he wears in the raspberry beret video is life and i wish i owned that you need to listen to my episode with Cassie Ritchie. Okay. She is an expert on Prince. So she's a costume historian. Oh, cool. Okay. I feel like you and her would be like really good friends. You've both got equally really cool here. Cool. Okay. Well, that, that's a cool style. Yes. Well, I just, because like looking at your pictures of yourself and like seeing your personal style, because I, I love how you <laughs> you coined yourself a jazzy outfit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know, I wrote yeah. that like years ago and I've just never changed it. I don't know what else. Don't, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's one. Most treasured possession and why? Oh, right. This is going to sound weird. Yes, I love the weird ones. Okay, well, can you can you say your anatomy? Can you say a part of yourself? Do it. Yes, so, you can. at Christmas... New Year's Eve, I did some real dodgy dancing and I fell on the kitchen floor on my right arm and then it like ballooned over the holidays and I was like, oh my God, my whole career's over because obviously you never think about these things but if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be able to do like any of the stuff I do, like any of the drawing work, blah, blah, blah. This was like three weeks after I'd finished that book. So imagine it's happened then. Gosh, but it wasn't It wasn't broken. broken, it was just majorly like crazy fractured whatever but it was fine I'm fine so have you done like a J-Lo now and got your arm injured no, I know. Part I'm not sure how injured. much it would be worth but um I should probably look into that <laughs> no I think I just need to calm down when I'm dancing on New Year's Eve finish this sentence when I was wee I to be honest when I was wee I just wanted to like go to art school and do art but that sounds so made up like as if I'm just saying that but honestly I did okay here comes the biggie so although I change all the questions up for whatever guests I'm talking uh-huh. to the one question that I ask everybody at the end is what is your favorite Scottish word or phrase I would have to say it's pure dead brilliant because it's just so positive I mean can anything be better than pure dead brilliant no, no no it's pure dead brilliant I love how you just let me add pure and dead and it still is a I know it's literally the word dead in it <laughs> And, like, you have to actually watch, like, I have been designing sometimes, and, like, you have to make that dead not look too sinister. <laughs> Don't put too much emphasis on the dead. <laughs> I love it. Well, Claire Barkley, you're pure dead. Oh, brilliant. thank you. I was quite nervous because uh, 
I've never done a podcast before, but it was lovely to chat to you. Ah, I mean, I already feel felt honoured that you were doing it, but now that I know it's your first podcast, yeah. Oh my god, no, anytime. It's been a joy. Well, it's been a total pleasure, and um, I'm excited to see what you conjure up and create next. Yeah, no, thank you for being pure dead brilliant on my podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.